The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form with animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Tonight we talk cricket with former Australian skipper Mark Taylor. Richard Friedman is here so we'll talk a little racing ahead of Cup Week and the Biff is back in Rugby League but the people actually want to see it. Welcome to the Rush Hello, Hour. Hello Richard Friedman. Good afternoon Dan, how have you been? Oh, going alright but can we, and we are a sports show, but can we talk about Dreamworld? For a moment to sure, start. I mean, sure. we dealt with this two days ago when the tragedy was unfolding. I don't remember such corporate greed out there on show as much as we have seen in the last couple of days. What are you referring to? Well, tragedy happens. One of the first things they do is to say, well, we're closing, we'll reopen Friday. But what we'll do, we'll, we'll have a fun, we'll all money on Friday, we'll go to the victims' uh, victims' families, and, uh, and that was it. So in, their, in PR 101 world... You do your charity drive at the top. Therefore, mm. people kind of give you a pass mark for opening on Saturday. Right. right. So they can start collecting money again. Four people dead, but let's start collecting money four days later. Then we have the CEO, and this is probably just bad karma rather than uh, anything malicious. The CEO today was announced would earn something like $825,000 in bonuses. Who, who is that? Uh, Deborah Thomas runs oh, the company yes. that uh, Ardent Leisure. Right. She's the chief executive. Wasn't she on one of, some, one of those reality TV shows? Familiar face. Yeah. You see her on TV. Yeah. So, that's a bad look. So, hang on. Yeah. Four people dead and we're giving out bonuses. Now, apparently, this has got to do with corporate law and it had to be today. So, maybe that's just bad luck. Okay. Then, uh, Deborah Thomas gives a press conference today. And she says, we've reached out to the families and we finally made contact with the Dorset family and we're talking with them today about how we may assist. Oh, that's good. Channel 10 reporter Mel- Melinda Nusifora then told Miss Thomas, so this is at a live press conference, live right. on television. So Melinda walks up and... Walks up, says the Dorset family were watching the media conference live and had sent a text message saying they were furious at suggestions that support had been offered to them. They say that there had been no direct contact whatsoever. No one's even reached out to them, oh. Nusifora said. Ouch. Miss Thomas then clarified her comment saying she had not spoken with the family directly because she didn't know how to contact them. So, so she's so, been caught in a complete lie. Well, there's no doubt about that. She's She's been lying about what a good job they're doing corporately, but she'd have been told to do that by the PR company, no doubt, and has been caught with her proverbial pants down. Richard, you would have to be insane to take your family to Dreamworld three days after this tragedy, given, I mean, surely, if you're running... if. If you're looking at the PR perspective, yeah, right, you close the joint down for a while, you have independent testing, so at least you can say, hey, we're reopening, what happened was a once-in-a-million thing and it's it's absolutely tragic and, and we can assure you as, as much as we can that this will never happen again. We've had independent tests, every ride is safe. Yeah, look, I'm not sure that I wouldn't take my family there. Um, there are a lot of good people work at those theme parks and they need the work and... You know, a lot of good people doing a good job. One ride, tragically, was malfunctioned. Now, whether that's across the board, we don't know yet. They're they're investigating that. But whether there is issues with the maintenance or the engineering there, we don't know. By the way, they called off... They were going to reopen tomorrow. They called it off. 
Okay. Not because of sensitivities, because the Queensland police said you're not allowed to because we're still doing an investigation. Fair enough. So perhaps they should have checked that out before they announced they were going to open. They should have done a lot of things, Richard. I I think there's been a, a fairly obvious breakdown in advice here from whoever is giving the advice as to how to handle this crisis. It's corporate greed and it's all about how can we spin this somehow, not in our favour, but how can we da- how can we limit the damage and start making money again? Yes, you'd, you'd hope that they'd put the family and safety of everyone coming after them first and the reputation of the CEO uh, corporately second, yeah. third or fourth. Anyway, I just wanted to get that off my chest, Richard. Now let's get on with some sports, yeah, shall we? let's talk about that. Mark Taylor will join us after this. It is the Rush Hour on Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form with animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Triple M Rush Hour. We do it this week for Sportsbet's new racing form with animated speed maps and expert tips from Best Bets. Please gamble responsibly. Richard Friedman in the chair with uh, Dan today and uh, let's talk a little bit of cricket. And let's not keep this man waiting any longer. He's the former Australian captain. He is part of the Channel 9 team, and it all starts next Thursday. Apologies, I may have said somewhere else it started Wednesday. It's the third, It's which is, I thought it was a Wednesday. It's a Thursday, Richard. Mm, it's a good day to start Thursday. That's Oaks Day. Yeah. It makes sense. You want to play the bulkier test over the weekend. But more importantly, Channel 9's coverage uh, starts 12.30 Sydney, 11.30 Brisbane on Thursday. Mark Taylor is on the line. Hello, Mark. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, tell us, what have you made of the uh, the Shield games that have been played so far and, and the standard of cricket that's been played in Australia? A lot of our players have been overseas that much. that Their teammates hardly recognise them. Yeah, there's been a few changes to squads between Matador Cups and, and Sheffield Shields, yes. But, I look, I think it's coming together very well. And I think the one thing that's really come out of the first couple of days of the Shield game is it's been a lot of hullabaloo about nothing to be totally honest when it comes to pink balls and playing under lights and what have you I, the, the New South Wales Queensland game up at, um, up at the Gabba there both sides making over 300 and declaring their first inning so it obviously didn't seem around and uh, swing around and knock batsmen over batsmen made, good batsmen made hundreds and, mm. and bowlers had to work pretty hard there's been runs right across the country and the guys you hope to make some runs did so all of in all, I think it's been a very good round of Shield cricket so far. Australia's had its problems in the last couple of months. The awful series in Sri Lanka, then the one-day series against South Africa. But South Africa, they have most of the familiar names, Mark, but they're not exactly firing on all cylinders either, are they? No. Well, if you look at the two sides, I think Australia are ranked third in the world at the moment in, in Test Match cricket, and South Africa are ranked fifth. Um, so, so it hasn't been, been a great time recently for South Africa. Certainly not as good as um, they would have hoped. Um, but they, they come into this series having won uh, the last couple of series here in Australia, uh, obviously against Australia. And they won, I think, the last two Perth tests in Australia. So from that point of view, I think they're going to be very good opposition because a, a bit like us, their bowling looks really good and their batting has got a couple of stars, but... It, but the rest of their batsmen we're not really sure about. So I think you've got two very good competitive sides sort of going the same at the moment. So looking towards the summer, it's no one really knows how it's going to start and how Australia will go in the first three tests. Two of the pace bowling spots look settled. The third one's still up for grabs. Who, who do you see as the likely 
uh, bowler. You're for locking that. in Stark and Hazelwood. Well, I think that's yep. that's that's a, that's what the that's media are saying yes. is a given. <laughs> the third one up for grabs. Who do you see getting it? I think Peter Siddle is going to be hard to knock out of that spot, to be honest. Um, provided he sort of comes through the Shield game and all that sort of stuff, but. I think Australia will want, I'm pretty sure Steve Smith will want, just someone who he knows what he's going to get from. So he's going to run in, put the ball on the spot, off stump or just outside. Sure, he's not going to be as quick as a, as a Stark or someone like that, but um, he'll give him some line and length and, and an ability, or hopefully, to get some wickets, but also just to keep an end quiet. Mm. Um, so I think he's got the front running and the experience as well. And I think with, with Stark, he'll run in and bowl quick, but hasn't done a lot of bowling in recent times. He obviously hopes that Stark will, will find his form, but you know, Starkey could go for five or six and over if he doesn't get it right. So mm. he's going to need someone to keep it quiet if that is the case. So I think Peter Siddle certainly has the inside running. This is Mark Taylor online, of course, from uh, Channel 9. Uh, 17 years since you retired. Is it getting to the uh, point, Mark, where people only know you as a... Co- some people only know you <laughs> as a commentator. Or, or the Hitachi... <laughs> The um, Fujitsu. 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 Oh, Mate, what no, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, swe- no swearing on radio. <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately, it's so true. And, I'm, and I've, I've got to say that it happened years ago, um, not just the last couple of years. Um, I've been to a number of, uh, obviously, schools and, and coaching clinics for young kids, and they sort of look up me and say, oh, yeah, you're the commentator fellow who, sell, who sells air conditioners, aren't you? I say, yeah, well... <laughs> There and was a time I used to play, and they go, yeah? yeah. You, you played? Yeah, so it's a Mandolin. bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's right. Now, I see I see. Uh, uh, there's an announcement today that there's going to be a Shane Warne biopic. Now, a big portion of his career was when you were captain. Do you want to be portrayed at all, even if it's very brief? <laughs> oh, gee, I don't know about that. I'm not I'm not sure who will portray me. That's, that's what worries me. Maybe I could put my hand up and do myself. Yeah. Yeah, do something Who, like that. So who's playing I'm not really sure. We don't. I, I don't know. Might be that Eddie Perfect fella. Eddie. He's the guy from Offspring, I think. But he he did a Shane Warne play, right? But oh, who yes, would play yeah. Mark Taylor? It's a very interesting. In- the hard role. <laughs> I think this oh, will George, play- George George Clooney or someone like that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> obviously someone good looking like that. Uh, now <laughs> I don't know what possible technology could be added to the telecast. What is is it going to be anything new uh, this time around on nine? Yeah, we've got some. We've got some new graphics. We've got a, a, a sort of a, a new touch screen and all that sort of stuff to go with it. Plus, we've got some. Uh, if you might have seen on the rugby league, we can, we've got the ability now to sort of drop players into shots and all sorts of stuff these days. So, look, I haven't got to Perth yet, and I'm going to see more when I get over there. But you can bet there'll be there'll be some more stuff. We'll try and make it as we do every year as interesting as we can for the viewers, uh, and try and bring a few new things in. So. Yeah, I hope a lot of people tune in on that first morning in Perth because uh, we've got a brand new show and obviously we've got uh, five days of pretty good test cricket coming from Perth. All right, Mark Taylor, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Absolute pleasure, boys. Uh, there is Mark Taylor. Thanks, Lo- mate. Lovely man. This is the Rush Hour on Triple M. <laughs> the Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form with animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. What a blob from Richard in that ad break. Come on, some people are interested in the men's fashions on what, the field. What an embarrassment. <laughs> Have you seen them? The, the, the crap they wear? The, no. And they, they all look the same. They always give it to the bloke with the hat. <laughs> <laughs> don't they all look like potential bachelorette contestants? Oh, I don't know. Tosses. I avoid it at all costs. All right, let's do this. 
Now on the rush hour, when coaches attack. Football manager Harry Redknapp is hit by a stray ball. We, we lost Festival with a knee injury, a ligament injury. He's having a scan today. I'm just hoping it's not as serious as we think it might be. So he's certainly not going to be around. Harry Anderson's done a groin. Still got control in my... Have you kicked out over here? Huh? What? You try to kick it in the goal and you hit me? There's some f***ing brains in you. Sorry, just the last word then on, on Wolves. It, it's a it's a big game, a game at Molyneux, a big crowd. Uh, it, it's a big match for you. Yeah, it's a big match. No wonder he's in the Sports update coming up after this, including what happened at the Sheffield Shield today. One test player had a big day, uh, and also a rugby uh, name in the England side that will be very familiar. All that coming up shortly. Rush Hour. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form. With animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Triple M, this is the Rush Hour. Getting you home on a Thursday night. We do it for Sportsbet's racing form. Richard Friedman here with Dan. Anything going on in the world of racing in the last three days that we need? <laughs> I was about, about to say, to say yes, the Derby and the Melbourne Cup, I get that. But anything of note that we need to well, only that be aware of? Godolphin aren't running that horse Scottish that ran so well in the Caulfield Cup because they, they don't think he's really a 3,200-metre horse and they're going to step him back to the 2,000-metre race on the final day, which is a very good race called the Emirates Stakes. And uh, it's a Group 1 race. So that, he came out. Um, I don't think there's a lot of change at the moment. It's a... A quiet build-up. It, it is. Look, I think this year it has been a bit of a quiet build-up compared to other years, and I don't think the, the quality of the race is quite as high as it has been in previous years, but you get that. I mean, you can't have diamonds every year, and when you've been bringing in imported horses in for as long as they have, sooner or later you're going to get a year where there's a bit of a dip, and, and I think this might be the year. Are you saying there's a dip internationally and no, locally? Well, I just think that the circumstances conspired to the horses coming out being good horses, but but not quite of the quality we've seen previously. Um, the local horses, well, they're, they're just an average lot. If you take out Jamaica, who won the Caulfield Cup, she's a, a local mare and she looks fantastic. But uh, behind her, they're pretty, uh, pretty even. Right. Well. So anyway, but look, does it matter? You could run... You could run 24 camels in that race and then still get a huge cheer when the well, game's over. As long open. as we back the winner, then... <laughs> exactly. And we'll get Richard's uh, proper analysis on Monday night when you do the rush out. No shooting. Save $89 on your gym membership with $0 joining fee. Visit jets.com.au. Right now. This is the Triple M Rush Hour. Live. Well, update. give the people what they want. Dave Warner's hit a little form before next week's first test. He's knocked up 134. I mean, the sound effect of shooting horses, not actually you shooting see, horses. Dan, you could... That, it's just, that, that's just right for trouble, what you've... No, no. You, you've qualified it yes. now, so I'm happy. Uh, Warner has knocked up 134 in the Shield match against Queensland. Josh Hazelwood yesterday picked up four for 70. Now, the Bulls declared to take first innings points. The latest score we have, the Blues, two for 282, a lead of 279 on day three. The test team is named tomorrow. It's John Eels' medal night in rugby. This rewards the Australian Player of the Year. Michael Hooper is apparently the front runner. In fact, a raging favourite, and he won the award back in 2013. Well. Now, Ben Teo will play test rugby for England. 
Yeah. He's been picked in the squad to play a host of teams, including the Wallabies. In what position would you play Ben Teo? Well, the report suggests that he is there as a backup flanker because they're, they're running out of flankers. What's which the blind side or open side? I don't know, Richard. Well, if he's playing open side flanker, that is an absolutely specialist position. You know, that, that is Michael Hooper. That is, you know, David Pocock at times. That Richie McCaw. You know that you're talking that ilk. He's got no experience at that. And what he can't play in blindside flank. He's not tall enough. He's not a line-out jumper. Well, when they announce the team, when they announce a squad, they never announce what position. They just announce the names and and, that, and you can work well, it out for yourself. So well, I'd be still... surprised if he's playing openside flank. And in a great example of just how sad people can be, or some people, many are blowing up because Yoshi, the 10-year-old who's the centrepiece of the A-League's marketing campaign, picked Melbourne City as the team he would support. So even Button Pusher Lachlan's upset. It's a... It's a marketing campaign. Why, this, why, why would anyone be upset? This quickly resulted, so they announced... Because didn't, he didn't pick their team. Yeah, Yoshi picks Melbourne City. Right, t- a kid. He's well, 10 he's years old, and people, rip, and people are ripping him on social media. Oh, it's a fix. Oh, it's the A-League trying to pump up Melbourne City. Oh, oh What is wrong with these people? <laughs> what is wrong? If you're, it is if meaningless you're, who the kid Yoshi supports. If you're blowing up about that, take a good hard look but at your you know life. What? Marketing campaign successful. It's one of those rare sporting ads where people, it got people talking. You, well, if you annoy enough people, they'll talk. That's a sports update, especially on this show. That's a sports update for Jets 24-hour fitness. We're going to talk about the Biff. Is it coming back to rugby league? That's coming up soon. Rush Hour Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form. With animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. It is the Rush Hour here on Triple M. couple of league things. The World Cup for 2021 has been announced. It'll be in England, Richard, so not in... USA or Dubai or whoever else is going for it. Uh, Qatar. Of more importance, <laughs> uh, Jamal Idris has signed a deal with the West's Tigers. So that would that's, uh, Jamal Idris is going to return to How many clubs is that now? Well, let's think about this. Penrith, Gold Coast, Canterbury. Mm. So there's three. This will be his fourth. Have I yeah. got that right? Yes, yeah. four. I love the headline. Uh, why did Jamal Idris choose Tigers? Because they wanted him and... No one, else, no one did. else did. I don't know. Maybe there was demand Look, for his services. He's a great player when he's on, but it's been a while. Well, he's in the same category as Benji Marshall, isn't he? If you get him cheap, if you get him for a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand, yeah. then okay, it's worth the risk. He doesn't take much out of your salary cap, and if he hits, well, it's it's it's, it's a massive coup. Wonder how much weight they've got to get off him. <laughs> He'd be a big boy All by right. now. All right. Now, what I mean, Richard, by the Biff is returning to rugby league. The rules in international rugby league aren't as strident as in the NRL, so it's not necessarily punt someone straight off into the sin bin. So is this a change to the rules, or these rules have never existed at the... That is correct. So in international rules, it's it's basically what the rule used to be. So, it's not encouraged to belt someone, no. and, the, and the referee has the prerogative. He can send you to the bin or send you off right. if, he, if he deems fit. But okay. it, all it means is less... It, it is not automatic... That you are sent to so, the sin bin if you punch someone. So they're not bringing back anything. It's just a, they've just highlighted that the rules good, never it changed. It was a good tease. Yeah, bringing to, back to the promote myth. the three and a half nations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, you took a run up to get that in, didn't you? <laughs> I was waiting for that. Okay. Now, I, the more interesting question is: 
In fact, let me play this. This is MG and Matty Johns on the Sydney Grill team this morning because they bring up an interesting interesting topic. I, I think that we've kind of gone past it. I think I think that boat sailed with the shoulder charges gone now. and I think the game's... Look at last year's competition without it. I know there's a lot of niggle in the game as far as, you know, people going in and pushing and that, but we don't want blacks going in. Like, the size of players these days, honestly. I don't want it either. Like, do, I don't want do, it we, do we need it? If all, all it takes, Gus, he's one big hulking no. front rower to hit a, a little halfback in the, in the jaw... Knock him to the ground. We go. Well, yeah. Was that necessary? I reckon. I reckon most people. Yeah. I think most people have lost the appetite for that sort of violence. I think so. I, I, I do, like. I, don't get me wrong. The UFC has. Yep. It's the fastest growing sport, and people point that. Mm. But in society, how many people? How many people hate the UFC? Yep. In society. Oh, in society. Sure. It's, it's, it's society. It's definitely a niche sport. And I, if you're looking in this country to be a mainstream sport, yep. and being on prime time. I think I think people have lost the appetite for violence. Something like Gallon and Miles in the Origin. I'm, I'm I'm for that. Like I don't mind if two blokes looking at each other right in the eye and they give each other time to put their dukes up. But it's the the callous hit from behind or something that I'm I'm wary of. Well, that's always <laughs> been. On. That's always been. MG, you can't have a bit each way. You can't say oh, no, I'm against oh, I it unless it's two big blokes. Then, then going toe to toe. Then I'm not against it. Looking at each other in the yeah, eye. No, MG, you now, can't. Now I agree with the fellas in that we've moved on. The game is not worse. No, I think well, the game is... doesn't need it. But don't tell me society doesn't have an appetite. Parts of society do have an appetite for it, and I think Maddie made that point. There is a there is yep. a, an appetite for it, but the mainstream, the majority in a mainstream sport, he doesn't think they have an appetite for it, and I agree with him. But the game itself doesn't need fighting. Isn't the game brutal enough within the rules without having to break the rules to be more brutal? I don't think so. So are you comfortable that in these four nations punching will be allowed to a certain point? Three and a half nations. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form. With animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Sports update. The Chicago Cubs have leveled baseball's World Series with the Cleveland Indians at one game all. Now the series moves to Chicago. Man United beat Man City 1-0 in the League Cup. We may have jumped the gun, gun a bit yesterday on the AFL Grand Final being a guaranteed day game uh, next year. The, the draw came out today. Boss Girl and McLaughlin said he's thinking about it, about a twilight game. Uh, and a horse race in Hong Kong had to be cancelled and $20 million worth of bets refunded. Why? Because only half the gates opened. Uh, that's happened before. Wouldn't that be uh, dangerous? Yeah, yeah, very. I mean, if you the horses know when the gates happen. When the horse next to them jumps, they want to jump. They all crash into the front of the gates. It's, it's a bad thing. Uh, what is scary about this article that uh, this story came from was it was a rank-and-file race. $20 million Australian oh, yeah. was bet. That's the, the Melbourne Cup, I was reading, $70 million. Yeah, Hong Kong is... Out of the stratosphere. It's, it's not just, a big, not a big population. No, there's only six million people there. But man, can they bet? <laughs> can they what? <laughs> that's a sports update for. That's a nothing race. It was just a <laughs> yeah, standard I know. race. I know. 126 million Hong Kong dollars. Uh, that's that was a sports update for Jets 24-hour fitness. Now, I believe Robbie Farris spoke to Seven News. We'll play that interview for you after this, because God knows we can't get Robbie on uh, Triple M, so we'll just rip it off someone else. It's the Rush Hour here on Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form with animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. There's Triple M. This is the Rush Hour. Just about done. Someone, I don't want to get back into the subject, but someone tweeted, so we'll answer it. Uh, about the Dreamworld stuff at the start. Uh, let me get this tweet here. 
No, no, I can't find it now, Richard. This is... Uh, well, Might have deleted it. No, 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 no. It was there. Uh, people are sadly killed every day in cars, either by car fault, personal fault, but manufacturers don't just stop selling cars. Well, if there is car fault and there's... They do recall they them. They do recall them, so... Yeah. Um, uh, anyway. We, it, we, there is an argument. Well, it's not the right time to have this argument, but, you know, the, the, there are people killed routinely on the roads, but we don't do a lot to change that. I mean, they've gradually moved it and it's getting less and less, but, you know, they seem to move heaven and earth for some things like 9-11, right? change the world, and yet the Americans will lose as many people as they lost in 9-11 every month on the road. Yeah. And they don't do a lot about that. But car, car accidents are generally the fault of a person. So what can you do about it uh, mm. apart from education? This is getting very deep. Oh, I know. Have we got Robbie Farry was on Channel 7 tonight, I think, sporting a South Sydney jersey. No, we haven't got it. We've got nothing. Okay, what's happened there, <laughs> producer Tom? We've got nothing. Careful, Tom. I'll make you do your John Eels voice tonight because it's John Eels medal <laughs> night. Yes. Okay, all right. You can be nobody. You know, <laughs> he only does... Producer Tom, yes. son of the does great one Billy. voice. Well, he does his own. He does two voices, his own <laughs> yes. and John Eels. Okay. John Eels. All right. I couldn't even. I can't even hear John Eels. John voice. Eels. Who's going to win the John Eels medal tonight? Oh, his microphone oh. doesn't even work. Here we go. Come on, racing. He's racing. running in this here now. Radio, everyone. He can't wait to get on. Here he is. All right. I'm backing Michael Hooper in tonight, boys. I know that uh, Will Denny is also a favourite, but uh, I think Hoops has got it in the bag. Thank you. <laughs> that's terrible. You won't get this, but that's a dead set Julian Clary ripoff. <laughs> yes, it's. <laughs> uh, anything we should back on uh, Saturday, Richard? Uh, it's, look, it's a pretty good derby, I have to say. Um, you know, derbies can be dud races because they they often attract a field of, of no-name horses. But this year is not a bad race. I haven't gone through the form, and I don't quite know what the uh, what it's going to look like, the, the final field. So, well, I know what the final field will look like, but I don't quite know how the conditions are going to play. So uh, I'll have to... I have to pass on that. At this okay, stage. That, no, fair enough. Yet. I don't want you to give people dud tips if you're not sure. Uh, Jamal Lidris joined the Tigers uh, today. Well, it was officially announced today, and he spoke to who did he speak to? Tom Seven or Nine? Nine. Okay, here we go. Yeah, pretty excited, man. You know, I, I took a year off, and it's exactly what I needed at that time. But I tell you this much: halfway through it, I definitely missed it. And yeah, signed with Tigers. My uh, my dad's quite happy about that. Obviously, he's a West Tigers fan. And as soon as he found out, he pulled out the old pictures of me when I was four years old, giving the Tiger a high five back in the day at Campbelltown. But, you know, I come back you know, on my own terms. I wanted to come back, and I think that's probably the main thing about it. You know, uh, you, you wouldn't think you'd miss it, but when I was over there, I kept actually tuning back in to, to see where everyone is on the ladder and it was getting me excited actually watching replays, even Origin. For me, to be honest with you, it's the fact that there's a lot of up-and-coming young players. You know, the average age is probably about, what, 21 or 22 years old and a lot of them don't have much experience and they're only going to get better. And if they're all getting experience together, you know, they're going to gel as a team as well. I learned a lot over the past year and for me, I was doing, I was playing league for others. Now I'm coming back and I'm playing for myself, you know, and my goal now is to actually get to my peak potential and that's what I want to do. They can certainly talk. Yeah. And he seems keen to do it. And that's that's he's coming back for the right reasons. He's coming back because he wants to, not because he's been talked into it or he seems that he has to. He uh, he wants to do it. That's oh, good. All right, we're done. Thank you, Richard. I'll see you on Saturday for Sydney Deadset Legends. Okay. And we'll be back tomorrow with. Did we get our? Uh, it is McInnes. All right, he's in your chair tomorrow.
Good on you, Mick. Goodbye. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form. With animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly.